On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, we talk with Mark Graham from Common Skew, and he tells us how to stick with a vision. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossman, and joining me today is not only a repeat guest, but he was the actual first guest on Delivering Marketing Joy, my buddy Mark Graham from Common Skew. Mark, thanks so much for joining me again, my friend. It is such a pleasure to be here. I, I've said this to you before. I don't know what you were thinking by having me as number one. <laughs> And I don't know what you're thinking by having me on again. And now I think this is the third or fourth time. So I'm honored. And uh, hello to everyone out there in DMJ land. Absolutely. Absolutely. So lots of exciting things happening in your world. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on just to talk about it. You guys are in the process of moving into a new space, which is exciting. Yep. So congratulations. Thank you. So can you kind of talk a little bit about that journey of growth? You know, you can start where you want to start, but then just that need for kind of growing into a new space. I suppose the need really came out of a, a, a pretty stark reality, which is there was no room to fit uh, employees as we were at <laughs> them. So that that was sort of a, a physical reality. Um, so we needed to expand. And what's kind of neat, if I think about the history of Common Skew, is that when we first started off, it was like one person that was working in the right sleeve office, because of course that's where Common Skew was born. It was the kind of commercialization of the internal software that right sleeve used to use. So it was one person plus myself and Catherine, and we were juggling these two businesses. And then Another person was added, another person, another person. And now we're at a point where there's 20 people at the company. And we had certainly expanded into our own dedicated office space past right sleeve. Um, after I would say employee number five, we had moved into a real office space that was right beside the other business. But then we started to literally have no more room. And what was nice about the building that we're in is that there is a space beside us. Uh, it was about 3,000 square feet or so that we were able to take over because that tenant was looking to move out. And we were applying, you know, some polite pressure to say, like, it would be a good idea if you considered moving out sooner rather than later. <laughs> um, and when they did that, it allowed us to go and completely rip out this older space and design it specifically to our requirements. Mm -hmm. And now it's allowed us to triple our physical space. Um, it gives us all sorts of extra breathing room. And of course, most importantly, the ability to grow and add more people. Mm -hmm. um, and that, uh, that's been a really fun experience, uh, not only um, knocking down walls and ripping out lighting and all that, but then also designing a space from scratch. So mm -hmm. that's what we've just been doing for the last six weeks. And I could totally, just knowing you, I bet that that was kind of fun, a uh, fun project of trying to design that from scratch. Absolutely. Now, I will have to give the credit where it's due that Catherine, of course, my partner in business and in life, um, was the real driver behind this. She's the mastermind in terms of working with designers and contractors mm. and tradespeople. I know like Amy as well. Yes. She's probably the true mastermind in your, in your relationship totally. on that front. 
Um, but a definite shout out. I loved being along for the ride and, of course, offering my opinions. Uh, but it's important to get out of her way when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> that, make, that makes sense. That makes total sense. So yep. the other thing I know now is Common Skew is international, right? Like yep. not only from a customer base, but from employees. You have employees that are in the new office and going to yep. be growing in there. But you also have several remote team members, um, I think, both in Canada and in the U.S. That's right. Yep. So how do you how do you manage that both on, you know for remote and on site? Yeah, so of of our total team, the the majority of them are in Toronto, and that has been uh, that's been really important for us. I think this is the first point I'd make is that having that core team in the city and in one office has been really critical to the creativity and the collaborative spirit that that we've been able to create at the company, um, and that includes uh, all key functions. So everything from uh, development and design. We do that all in Toronto. We don't offshore that. So we have that team that's working right alongside sales, customer success, marketing, and finance. And then of course our executive team. And that that creates this really cool environment. But as we've grown, as you've said, it's not possible to have everyone all in the all in the same city, particularly when you're looking for special specific talent. So we do have, um, it is five of our colleagues of the total office are in remote locations, either in a co-working space or they work out of their house. Um, and that has been by necessity. So one example, we've got one member of our customer success team, she's in Vancouver, and that was very intentional because we've got our whole West Coast um, customer service to support and make sure that we could support those hours. So that was intentional to put her out there. Bree, she's amazing. Um, and then, of course, we've got three colleagues that are in the U.S., uh, Samantha, Bobby, and and Dave, who are special, special talents on our organization. And um, so I think getting to the main part of your question, uh, we've been able to keep in touch through technology, of course, is probably the number one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we actively use uh, Google Hangouts. That's a main, main thing for us. I know that you and Bill uh, Petrie are fans of that. Mm -hmm. um, so that we have these regular interactions where we're seeing one another and are having those regular touch points. Um, and I also think, and this is probably pretty obvious, is that I think that transparency and Lots of communication is key to making these members that are in the remote offices feel like they're part of the team. Mm. But that said, what I will also say when I think about Sam, Bobby, and Dave specifically, they also love the 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 room to do their jobs where they're not necessarily, um, we're not in their face all the time. So I think that there's that nice balance of that independence and freedom with that feeling of being really tied into the office. And I would say the same thing of Robert and Bree who are in, in remote offices as well. Yeah, I, I love your point about having a core group in the in, in the Toronto area because I think yeah. so many times, and I think about this, is like when you talk about Bobby and Dave and Sam, like sometimes it's great to have the space, but knowing that there's a security and there's a culture there that supports you, it's just yeah. nice. It allows you to mentally have the freedom. Um, yeah. And so kudos. I mean, yeah, it's, it, I think it's been interesting. And a lot of that also came from our experience at Right Sleeve and that the 100% uh, of the Right Sleeve office works in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And 
that was such a, an interesting experience for me in building that business in terms of that creative and collaborative energy that you have when people are together. Totally. And Kirby, of course, you are, you know, you're a digital guy, big into social media, and we all know the power of technology to connect people. But it's so amazing when you've got a core group that's in person. Mm-hmm. You've got that at Hossaman as well. And totally. uh, that's where the magic happens. So. Yeah. Yeah. Bill, you mentioned Bill and he talks about the accidental sort of collisions that happen. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that. I mean, when I'm behind my desk and I need to refresh, I love to get up and just literally go talk to the team and yeah. it helps kind of recharge me. So that's awesome. Cool. Um, so you and I and, and Catherine as well have talked about having vision for the company. Yeah. So do you have a process uh, for creating where the company is going to go? So like, how do you decide what's next at Common Skew? I read this question and I was like, how do I give Kirby an answer that's going to make any sense? <laughs> so why don't I first start off with something concrete? So okay. the vision that we have articulated for Common Skew, if we're just using this yep. as an example, is this is this idea of a connected workflow. That is our true North Star mm. in terms of what defines everything that we do. So whether it's events, whether it's content, whether it's the software that we build, whether it's the team that we build, whether it's marketing, everything is always around in support of that one North Star. Catherine would call it our North Star. And that I think is where um, whenever we're feeling a bit lost or maybe a bit distracted, or maybe I've come up with a hundred ideas that <laughs> feel amazing, but maybe a little sketchy. Yep that it always snaps back into focus when we say, what's our North Star here at the company? And so I think that that's how I would answer that in saying that our vision, I think, came out of this this one concrete North Star that we chase. Um, But that vision, I I would say, Kirby, has not changed from that first nanosecond that we came up with this idea for the company. It was always about, like, what do we want this to be? Mm. Um, And I think you can sometimes define that as in product terms, like, we want to create a great CRM and order management platform. Yeah, um, that, that's that's one thing. But I don't really think that's a vision as much as like kind of a byproduct. Like that's table stakes. I think what gets you really excited and really out of, out of bed in the morning is like this concept of connecting all these disparate parts of the supply chain and all the disparate parts of processes that are broken and inefficient. Like to us, that was like, wow, we can get up in the morning and serve that purpose. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is what's really informed our vision. So that's that's how I would answer that question. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so, so important because businesses can get very distracted every day with new shiny objects. And it's like, what is that thing we're chasing? Does it support it? Yes or no? If not, why, why are we coming up with this idea? Mm, I love that. It is a thing. And again, you know me pretty well. Uh, it's a thing I struggle with because I, th- and I think a lot of entrepreneurs do is yeah. that the new awesome. shiny object is interesting and I want to go do it. And it is something that I've here lately talked to our team about saying, Hey, this is what we're trying to do. Does it serve the mission? So that's great yeah. advice. Great advice, man. So, uh, you've answered my three questions. I give everybody a chance to ask me one question. Do you have one for me? All right. So here's my question. And I, and I always say my questions come out of like genuine curiosity. I haven't prepared you for this. So you have been podcasting with unscripted mm-hmm. for how long now? It feels like 10 years, but yeah, it's 155 long? episodes. So is that three, three years, something like that. Okay. So you've done it over three years. You've done this religiously week after week. 
how the heck do you come up with topics to talk about? Because it amazes me. I'm someone who likes to talk a lot, but after about 75, I'd have nothing else to say. And you can't, you cannot say the Facebook promotional products group. I get that, 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 that's one component of it. But in all seriousness, like you guys talk about some really interesting things and I don't know how you do that and do it in such an authentic, unscripted way. What's your secret? It's a, it's a really good question. I, and see, I, I think Bill would say the promotional products professionals page would be hit. Like, I actually don't come up with a lot of topics from that. You're a deeper thinker than Bill. We all know. <laughs> I don't know about that. But I think for me, so there's a couple things. Number one, just trending topics in the industry. Sometimes those feed you and they make it really easy, right? If there's right. an event coming up or whatever, that those are, those are kind of layups. Um, if there's a trending topic that relays like on LinkedIn or one of the business sites that right. sort of relates to our industry, again, those are pretty easy. Yeah. But probably the, the one that I try to spend some time on are things that I am personally struggling with. Right. Yeah. And, I that. yeah. yeah I, and, and go, okay, this is something I'm struggling with. And often I actually have an opinion or I've worked through it already. But yeah. it's a place for me to create that topic, create that dialogue, and hopefully then create value for the person listening. Because I always think, well, if I've gone through this, then I'm not the yeah. only one. Yeah. And so that's probably, if you look at the totality of all the topics, I probably do that. Not, not more. I think, I think I do. I focus on that area more than Bill right. does. Right. Bill is better at coming up with the thing that, you know, the, the most recent trend in our industry he's better at driving that and then it, it back and then we do a fill in the blank every week and uh, that's the hard part if you yeah. want to know the truth that's the place i struggle the most because i'm yeah. like you know we've talked so many times i'm pretty sure i know what bill's gonna say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well it, it it is amazing i'm not just saying this that i think that uh to be able to manage all of that from a content perspective and questions is very interesting but i love what you said in terms of how you introduce topics that you're personally struggling with. So it's almost like it's Kirby therapy yeah. to some extent. Like, yeah. hey, Bill, what do you think about this? But then knowing that your listenership, many of whom are going to be distributors like you, um, are going to get value from that because they're going to feel that um, uncertainty yeah. uh, that, that, that you're sharing. So I, I really love that. And I think that that's great advice for anyone that is looking to create content themselves, which I know you and I have talked about. Yeah, I mean, that is, that's truly like when people are like, where do you come up with topics for blogs? Where do you come up with yeah. topics? It's almost always a conversation I've had within the past week that yeah. I, often with a teenager, right? Yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah, you, yeah. that yeah. you tie back. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that's a great question and, and one I have not been asked, my friend. There you go. Well, thank you. It was <laughs> wonderful to be on the show. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, man. We'll do it again sometime, okay? You bet. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We will see you next time. What's up?